When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The proceedings from the Senate confirmation hearings for Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson has much of the country anticipating the outcome. It's likely that we're witnessing history as Judge Brown-Jackson moves ever closer to her seat on the Supreme Court of the United States, the first Black woman ever to do so. These proceedings, however, have had a few notable moments and some interesting challenges along the way. To help us analyze a few of these key instances, we have today's guest, Andrea Coleman, News Director for the Black Information Network. This is our daily story, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. Welcome to the show, Andrea. How are you doing? Thank you, Ramses. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm flourishing. Uh, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts and your insight as to what's going on. So let's start at the top. How has the first round of questioning gone for Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson? You know, I think the answer of that uh, question probably depends on where you stand on her nomination. So Republicans are definitely trying to find an angle to shake her. But so far, she has held her own and held it very well. A lot of attention is being given to her representation of Guantanamo Bay detainees as a federal prosecutor or federal public defender. Uh, The angle there is to try to make her seem more sympathetic to terrorists. Uh, Republican committee members have also asked her about her sentencing in 10 cases in particular involving child pornography defenders where she issued sentences in some instances that were below the guidelines of the sentencing commission as well as the prosecutors in the case. Now, the issue there is to make her seem like she's soft on crime. Judge Jackson, on the other hand, has been very quick to explain that in many of these sentences, they were based on considerations provided by Congress. So her response to uh, the committee members has consistently been, I'm only following the guidelines that you have given us judges to follow. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz, out of Texas. However, he did try to make an issue out of her serving on the board of directors of a private school in Washington, D.C., where he claims that they teach critical race theory. So he had a number of books that he pulled out uh, by, uh, you know, African-American authors and so forth and so on. Uh, He also had these oversized poster boards where uh, he tried to make his point. So it was a bit dramatic, uh, probably Ted Cruz fashion. Uh, But his questioning may have had the most unusual so far in that, you know, those boards did uh, kind of seem more like he was trying to make his point and illustrate his point and I kind of pour for Sarah away, right? Uh, but along with the questions about critical race theory, he also tried to make an issue out of the child porn sentencing cases. And those mm-hmm. cases were the only focus for Republican Senator Josh Hawley, uh, who again is a very conservative uh, Republican committee member. And we understand too that he may have his eye on the 2024 election, presidential election. So a lot of people are feeling like some of these questions and this, this long of questioning in particular, uh, really is to kind of gain favor with their electoral base. So uh, Hawley in particular, he leaned really hard on one particular case where Judge Jackson had sentenced a defender to three months in prison, although the prosecutors had asked for two years, uh, and he tried to make a big deal out of that. Uh, There have been some other testimony throughout the day. It has been an extremely long day. Uh, So I just, you know, applaud Judge Jackson for just being able to not only uh, entertain these questions with such elegance and grace, uh, but also to make certain she is answering them directly. She's done an incredible job of being very engaging uh, and being very direct in her responses. 
Well, very good. So it sounds like a lot of folks were really prepared for this. Certainly she was. She seemed to be prepared for these proceedings, in my opinion. Do you think there have been any surprises? You know, just based on the commentary I've heard, nothing out of the ordinary. So Republican committee members had promised to be civil, not make much of uh, much of the hearings contentious. And so far, you know, I, it just depends, I guess, on your definition of contentious. So mm-hmm. uh, it's not quite as civil as they made it out to be in their opening statements on that first day of the hearings. Uh, but so far, you know, uh, I think the, the one thing that has been most striking to watch really has been Judge Jackson's ability just to maintain her composure and she has, but this is not new to her. This is Judge Jackson's fourth confirmation hearing. So in 2009, she endured a confirmation hearing after being confirmed by then President Barack Obama to serve on the U.S. Sentencing Commission. She had another confirmation hearing, again, by President or then President Obama, when he nominated her in 2012 to serve on the U.S. District Court of the the D.C. Circuit. And then just last year, she was before this very same committee after President Biden nominated her to the U.S. District Court of appeals for the D.C. Circuit, and now her fourth appearance as a Supreme Court nominee. Uh, and not only, again, has she exercised uh, or seemed exercised and well-versed in these proceedings, uh, but she does seem very prepared. Uh, at times, though, she seemed like she got a little frustrated. Uh, I forget which Republican uh, committee member was she was talking to, but at one time, you could almost see her just take a deep breath and say, you know, let me explain this to you one more time. <laughs> uh, but in that, she, she still has held her composure together, uh, even though she may have been frustrated, she wasn't flustered. And I think that was the main point. Now, we're, we're all watching these proceedings with with bated breath. What are political commentators saying about her performance? So far, everybody seems to be pleased. And and I think the, the key here, and one of the, the main things to remember, is that the Democrats hold a slight, very narrow majority in the Senate, right? Sure. So they don't have to have any Republican support if all of the Democrats will line up and give her their support. Uh, when she was before the committee last year, she also was able to garner three Republican senators support. That was Lindsey Graham, Susan uh, Collins, and I think Lisa Murkowski, right? So we know Lindsey Graham have said because his top choice, which was Judge Michelle Childs out of South Carolina, was not selected. He's not going to support any nominee, uh, let alone Katanji Brown Jackson. So we know that he his support is probably uh, not going to come forth in that full Senate vote. Uh, but we do understand that they may even get someone like a, a Susan Collins or Lisa Murkowski to give their support to Judge Jackson. However, that that remains to be seen. And we'll know more after the hearings proceed and, and, and the senators start making their comments and so forth. But right now, it just seems as though Republicans, again, at least what commentators are saying, is that they seem to be playing up to their electorate. Not only that, you know, they they vow to be civil and that seems to be falling a little short on their side, uh, but they do seem to be talking the language of, of those constituents out there that may be looking for a hard line, right wing kind of Republican response. And so if they are doing that, they're probably doing it very effectively. Uh, again, on the flip side, Judge Jackson is doing well. And what's what's beautiful about this situation in particular is that the committee reflects the party affiliation of the Senate. So because the Senate is split 50-50, this panel 
of committee members is split 50-50. And they are going back and forth between uh, Republican and Democrats. So where there are 11 Republicans, there are 11 Democrats. And so as she gets one hard line of questioning, uh, the next person coming up is just this Democrat that's full of love and support. So uh, she is getting a break. And Democrats have been very intentional, it seems, in being able to come in and shore her up. So they are listening very carefully to what Republican members are saying, and they will come back and then reinforce it, reframe it so that they can put a positive spin on any negative uh, questioning or any line or thought that may have uh, they've been trying to drill in just to, to give some kind of negative slant to her record or her qualifications. And so Democrats have just poured on the love. Uh, co-chairman of the, the committee, Dick Durbin, he has done an incredible job of making certain that anytime any comments come in that may be questionable, uh, that he brings forth some kind of retreat or at least some kind of correction to bring perspective to the conversation and make certain that she's getting a fair hearing. So uh, I've found that it's been very it's been very engaging. Uh, the the questioning sometimes seemed grueling, uh, especially as we started getting to the end of the day. Uh, but again, the judge is is exercised. She is prepared and she is holding her own very well as well. I love her. I'm, I'm a big fan of hers. So yeah, yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N. With us discussing the Senate confirmation proceedings for Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson is my guest, Andrea Coleman, News Director for the Black Information Network. So what's next for the hearings and, and what happens after the hearings? So the hearings are a total of four days, right? We've been through the first day, which was just opening statements, and we heard from every committee member. They each had, I think, about 10 to 20 minutes. And so uh, all 22 spoke. And then we heard from Judge Jackson, who was introduced as well by uh, two people that she selected. One was a judge uh, that used to serve on the the circuit, the D.C. Circuit, a federal uh, district court judge on the D.C. Circuit. And then the other was a former Harvard classmate who now teaches a uh, law school and Pennsylvania. And so uh, we heard from them and then we heard from the judge. Uh, and then after that, that first day was probably uh, a very pleasant day. There, there wasn't, you know, Republicans again vowed to be civil, um, and, but they were very pleasant. Uh, today, the second day was the first day of questioning. Uh, so we understand that the, the four days will be the first day was opening statements. The next two days, 
day two and day three will be questioning and then late day four day four is going to be a little different the committee members will meet behind closed doors and then we will hear from outside witnesses who those witnesses are we don't know quite yet but we do know that they're going to be representatives from the american bar association which is kind of like a voluntary organization or association for lawyers and law students so they will come and they will speak of or testify on behalf of judge jackson's character uh and so then after that the hearings will be over and then we'll go into the next phase. So when do Democrats hope to have Judge Brown Jackson confirmed? From what I understand, they are looking to try and get her confirmation, uh, a full vote before the Senate, uh, by the time they take a break for Easter, which will be sometime around April 8th. And so uh, considering that we are toward the end of March, that means they're going to be moving these proceedings pretty quickly. I'm not quite certain at what time or what point we're going to hear whether the panel or the committee is going to reject or consent to her nomination. And so once that happens, uh, from what I understand, Stand, then the, the proceedings, uh, someone has to then make a request for the meeting for the full vote that goes on the calendar that is scheduled and then we'll understand when the full vote will take place. And, you know, there's an advantage here for her in that she's a Democratic nominee and that the Democrats do have a slight majority, but enough a majority to kind of run that calendar and, and get some things on there that they're wanting to and control the timing of this a little better than, than had they not had that kind of majority. Understood. Well, we're definitely making history here as a country. And of course, uh, Judge Brown Jackson is making history herself. What are some of the more memorable aspects of the hearings so far? You know, there, there have been many, uh, at least at least from my perspective. Um, so I'll, I'll give you I'll give you mine and they're kind of personal. So okay. if they get too personal, you can let me know and I'll pull back a little bit. No, no, no. You're fine. Okay. That's what we're here for. So these are the ones that have struck me the most. One, just to see this beautiful, elegant black woman and yes. all her black beauty and glory yes. is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. We had a story uh, yesterday on the Black Information Network where we we're talking about the conversation that's taking place online about her hairstyle, right? Mm-hmm. And people trying to understand how those braids look so tight, those mm-hmm. micro locks, you know, those sister locks. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal that this woman who is so accomplished and so qualified and so elegant, she comes so beautifully equipped and packaged in her blackness and you can see the confidence of that that in itself makes this historic moment all the more glorious the other aspect of that is her story that family tonight when cory booker was talking and he started talking about her her family her mother and her father and and where did she get her grit from right where when those times get hard and she is struggling to to hang in there what does she what does she fall on what does she draw from and she said she draws from the strength of the memory of her grandparents who first taught her how to stand tall and who came and didn't understand and didn't have the opportunity that her parents had and she's had, but they made a way for those generational progressions, right? So you see this story of this black woman who has started in so many ways, at least that family dynamic did, so many ways that many of us have, right? Where our grandparents did the best they could to bring those ends together, make ends meet, get that next generation, our parents, or it may have been our great grandparents did it or whoever, but there is that start. 
And then there was on to the progression of college, which her family, her parents did, right? Both of her parents are educated HBCU grads. Mm -hmm. And then uh, she comes and she builds on that. So you see that beautiful generational legacy that's being built. And then you see what I believe is just this beautiful expansion of what the American dream is all about. So when you talk about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and he starts talking about, you know, the day when we're judged by our character and not the color of our skin. When you look at her family today, that's what you see. You see her biracial children sitting next to their white father and his family in the audience, full support of this woman who many say is not qualified, who wants to question her ability to lead because of her color. And there she stands, having bridged that gap in her own personal life, letting us know that she's ready to do it on the high court as well. And then lastly, there's just the the overall dynamic of the historic aspect of this, which really is tremendous. And my hope is that every young person in America is taking a look because as these Republicans come at her, just bombarding her with this these questions and this grueling fashion, to me, it reminds us of the resistance this woman probably has received and her climb to success. And she is still standing firm, sitting with grace, and ever so eloquently responding with composure in an elegant and educated way. And that, to me, is a lesson of the Black journey. And it shows us where we can go when we do it with principle, when we do it with grace, and we do it with focus. She is an exemplary, uh, just a, an example to me, of, of what the, the, the character of many Black professionals and people who have overcome uh, have displayed. And so, it's an honor to watch her do what she does, and I do hope she's confirmed. That was very, very well said. So, Well, let me tell you something. I didn't do any, any justice at all to what Cory Booker did. Uh, sure, sure, he yeah, was one of the last committee members to speak tonight. And what he did in the moments, his 30 minutes, was he humanized he humanized yes. her journey in yes. such a way that if anyone had any doubt or was feeling any of that, that resistance that, that some of the committee members were trying to bring forth, he melted it away. He spoke not only of her parents, he humanized her, he made her real, he made her journey real, he asked her about her hard times, he asked her about her parenting, and she shared so openly about how she had to make those difficult choices between a recital sometimes and responding to the demands of work as a judge uh, and, and having to deal with emergencies at the most inopportune times. But she, she's managing, and her hope now is that her children will see and understand in the end that it all is okay. And so, but his words, his words tonight really put in perspective that this woman in all of her, her professional accomplishments and esteem is still yet a woman who continues to dream and to bear forth the American dream that so many of us are trying uh, and questing for in, in, in this day and time. Well, you're obviously watching this very closely. Um, if folks want to keep up with you or get, get a sense of what your thoughts are, do you have a social media that you can plug or anything like that? Listen, just, you know, find us, the uh, BIN, uh, the Black Information Network. We're online at binnews.com. Please send us your 
uh, your insights, your comments. We would love to hear from you. Uh, we also have some social media handles. I know if you'll go on Facebook and just look up the Black Information Network, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Please post whatever you can, even on Instagram. What Whatever social media outlook is yours, we would love to hear from you. Uh, and especially if you have some special insights. If you're a law school student, we would love to know what uh, just hearing and seeing Judge Jackson in this arena, what it means to you, how it's inspiring you. Share your thoughts and then share your well wishes. Uh, we just, this really is a historic moment. This, this court, the High Court of America, the United States Supreme Court, has been around for 233 years. Hmm. And yet, there's never been a Black woman to sit on that bench. That's tremendous. And now we, have the privilege of watching what could be that barrier broken. And so it is an exciting time. It's a historic time. And it's definitely one to applaud. And we just you know, give Judge Jackson our greatest hopes and we give her our greatest support. Very good. Well, once again, thank you very much for your time and your insight. Our guest today, Andrea Coleman, News Director for the Black Information Network. And we will be bringing you more highlights from the Senate confirmation hearings as the nation moves toward confirming its first black woman to the Supreme Court. Check back in with us tomorrow as we continue to follow this developing story. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story Podcast. I am your host, Ramses Ja. And join us tomorrow as we tell our stories with our voice from our perspective right here on Our Daily Story. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.